Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Holly. And I'm your co-host, Melody. Jennifer can't join us today because she's currently in a parade on a float. We'll be sure to ask her all about that next time. Today, we'll be discussing self-care for homeschooling parents during the holidays. But before we get to that, Melody, how have you been since the last time? Oh, I've been great. We've had family gatherings and birthdays since the last time, so it was really fun. I had all of my kids all together in one place, which hasn't happened for us in a while, so that was so much fun. I was having such a great time. I really forgot to take any pictures. <laughs> so I have to remedy that for credit when Christmas comes around. And then we've had a lot of errands and appointments to fit in before the end of the year. And most recently, I've been looking for all the parts of my Christmas tree. When we moved, some of our things ended up in my daughter's garage and some things are here. And I was going to set up the tree to decorate it with the grandkids and discovered I don't have the base. I'm like the whole oh. half bottom of the tree, <laughs> only have the top half of the tree. So That's a little problematic. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that was a good plan, but um, I'll just have to regroup. We'll do something else. How about you? What have y'all been up to? Well, um, like you, we had a really wonderful uh, Thanksgiving where five of my six kids were here with me, and that was absolutely delightful. And we played games. Um, our family loves to play all kinds of games, board games, video games, VR games. So we, we had a lot of games we played. I got to watch movies with my youngest daughter who was here for a nice two-week-long visit. And I even got all my outdoor Christmas decor put up, and I got half my Christmas decorating done. And for anyone who knows me, this is shocking news. Because <laughs> I don't normally get it up so early. Did um, you have it before Thanksgiving or after? Right after. And the reason is, is that my middle daughter and her husband are arriving next week. So I wanted the house to be decorated for Christmas by the time they get here. And it's kind of got a nice side benefit in that I won't be stressing so much to get everything up by, you know, a certain date because it'll be done well before it needs to be. And yeah. the weather was nice too. We always try to do outside things while the weather's nice before we get that cold, wet. The cold, ice yeah. Ice. <laughs> yeah. I was really proud of myself to get it up before the cold, nasty. I was patting myself on the back and quite proud that I wasn't doing it when the norther was coming in, which I have done many years. <laughs> yes, did well, let's get into our topic today about taking care of ourselves as homeschool parents during the holidays. You know, we talk about self-care a lot, and I think we should start off by talking about what self-care is. So, Melody, what would you say to our listeners uh, about self-care, what it is to you? Well, for me, it means realizing what I need to do to avoid stress. I'm not a big fan of being stressed. And, and it took me a while to get to the place to realize the kinds of things that stress me out. You know, what stresses me out is not necessarily what will stress out someone else. And so it was like being able to recognize what I need to be able to do to feel calm and to enjoy the holidays without having like, I don't know, time constraints or feeling like I'm running out of time or money or something like that. So it just means, I guess, being mindful. It means taking a look at what's important to me for me as far as how I want to celebrate the holiday with the family, but also what do I need so I can remain cool and calm and collected? <laughs> right. What kinds of things do you like to do? Is your definition about the same or what, is, what does self-care mean for you? So self-care to me means making sure that you're, you are covered with the things that you need to function properly. So, you know, getting enough rest, eating well, getting some exercise every day, getting, you know, getting some sunshine, because that's real important, I think, to keep you balanced. I think if we don't have any of those things for ourselves, it's easy to get off balance. It's easy to get really stressed. Like nothing makes me more stressed out than several nights of bad sleep. And then all of a sudden, you know, little things seem way bigger than they need to be. And I think a lot of people think self-care is something like I got to go to the spa or which is nice, but it's not real practical for many people. It's expensive and it's time consuming. So I think self-care doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to, you know, take you out of the house necessarily. But it's all those things that seem insignificant, you know, having a good lunch, you know, eat a salad instead of a handful of, uh, you know, cheese balls. Eat breakfast. I know a lot of moms turn around twice and realize it's two o'clock and they haven't eaten anything. 
True. They're not taking care of, they make sure their children are fed, but they forget to take care of themselves in that way. So I think that's, you know, the basics that we all need, what we want for our kids, eat regular meals, get some exercise, have a good night's sleep. I think that's the basics of self-care. And then I think, you know, you can add on to that. So, you know, something that gives you an escape in your mind, like maybe for some people that's reading or watching a movie or um, doing a craft. And we've talked about some of these things in past episodes uh, where we've talked about the importance of moms and, and dads, homeschooling parents to have something for themselves that's just what they do that refills their own inner needs so they have more to give out. And I think in the holiday time, it's more important than ever, even though you might think I don't have time for that. I think it's more important than ever to make a little bit of time to do those things. It is so. because the extra things we want to add in can sort of push some of these basic needs off to the side or can impinge on the time that we would spend on those things. We take shortcuts trying to squeeze too much in. Right. The day doesn't get any longer, but we're trying to cram a lot more into it. <laughs> so let's talk about the types of stressors that we are going to typically see during the holidays. Um, what's the big stressor for you, Melody? Well, like I said, I've done a lot of work to make sure I don't have any big stressors. <laughs> I think that uh, one thing I'm really aware of is trying to get too many things done in too short a time. So it would be, let's say, a lack of planning would be a stressor. So for me, that would be like if I don't know when all the events are on the calendar that we want to do or people's, in order for, my family is big. So in order for us to coordinate, we've got to plan way ahead and get it on the calendar so that when someone says, are you free on the second Saturday of December, everybody knows yes or no. Mm -hmm. We set our events like months in advance just to make sure where everybody can be there. Sometimes it doesn't work out. People's work schedules change and they don't have any control over that. But that was one thing that used to be stressful to me, just like trying to fit too much in to the mm -hmm. holidays. So that's one. Another one used to be probably budgeting. I decided I would just make more long range plans. And I mean, I don't want to get too much into all of the ideas that we have, but I know those are two things that really can stress people out too much to do and not enough funds to do them with. Yeah. Well, so when we're talking about homeschool families, um, you know, you're trying to add in all these wonderful holiday activities, but you're still doing school. And so then you have that stress, right? You're like, we've got to get the schoolwork done. Um, you might be a working from home or working outside the home parent in addition to being a homeschool parent. Um, so now how do you fit all that in and, you know, put up a tree and go light looking mm -hmm. and, you know, make fabulous desserts. And there's such pressure, you know, in social media to have these picture perfect holidays and and to do all the things. And I think that's a big stress on people. The expectations that other people have, like, you know, you can't give you can't give everybody the perfect gift, but you're trying to do that. And then it's stressful. So there's all these things that, you know, these pressures that we have put on ourselves, these pressures that society puts on us, the pressures that our family puts on us, you know, um, and it, it, it can turn into a real powder keg. Um, what kind of expectations have you run into for holidays that have contributed to your feelings of stress or overwhelm? Well, some of it was that we used to feel like we had to get everything completely decked out early on in the month. And, and I do see a lot of people getting, and it's fine if people want to decorate for Christmas before Thanksgiving, do what makes them happy. But I have seen a lot of people getting so overcome with all the planning and trying to get it all done by a certain day. And so we just sort of checked out from that. It's like, I don't need that. Uh, we will enjoy it just as much if we decorate a little bit at a time throughout the year. And then we leave our decorations up longer because we go all the way through Ad Advent and Epiphany. And so it's like I decided to give myself permission to not be running around on everybody else's calendar. We're going to do what we want to do as we go along. But like you did, you decorated because you had company come in and you wanted things a certain way before they got there. So you made a plan and did it on your timetable. 
So I think that's one of the main things. Like you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. And I've seen some beautiful, beautiful decorations and lovely homes on some of the groups I'm in on social media. And I just enjoy looking at those and I scroll right by because I don't <laughs> feel like I need to replicate that in my home. So I think that's part of it. I had a big family and we lived in a tiny home. So we only had room for what we had and we chose to do the things that mattered to us and the right. things that made it feel Christmas right. for us and so or whatever holiday you're celebrating but just yeah like, what's important to you some family traditions that no one else would understand but we think they're fun so we choose to make those a priority it really does get down to what's important to you I think the other expectations that comes into everyone's life are the expectations of their extended family members. And if you're from a family where, um, like, say, your parents are divorced and remarried, those expectations just double and quadruple because everybody wants to see you and your kids at the holidays. And you can't be everything to everybody. Um, so you have all these other people's expectations or expectations from your work that you'll go to a holiday party or expectations that your church might have that, you know, they have all these different things they want you to participate in. In fact, I was just telling my husband, it's kind of funny. This one weekend in December, we have an event at church on a Friday. It's a Las Posadas, which is a beautiful tradition of where Mary and Joseph travel and they keep getting denied. Um, and there's songs to sing, and then there's a meal after. And then two days later on the, the Sunday, we have our annual Christmas play, followed by a tamale supper. And I said, well, I don't have to cook dinner two nights, so that's that's a bonus. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, right. the expectation that there are all these events, holiday parties and cookie exchanges and candy exchanges and, you know, caroling, and you start to feel like the walls are closing in on you because they're all fun things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these are with people you like. You obviously, I mean, hopefully you like your extended family and you want to spend time with them. But it, it begins to be a lot of expectations. And, you know, we can't make everyone happy. And it's really, um, it's really bad for us to try to make everyone happy. So, you know, there are all these expectations crowding in. And you just have to figure out a way to to handle and manage them. Right. Well, and you can only be in one place at a time. And so when I've seen a lot of young families, like all they're trying to merge two family Christmas traditions together, and then they're trying to squeeze in three family gatherings on one day, and then they're running ragged by the end, and, and the kids are tired, and the parents are tired. And I know a long time ago, we all decided that we could celebrate Christmas any weekend in December that we wanted to. And that opened up the calendar so that, like, yes, go have family, go have a gathering with that side of the family, because that's the only day your mom has off of work. And we'll have our gathering some other time. But I didn't want to add stress to my adult children by trying to make everybody do what I wanted. We just tried to look at everybody's schedule and find something that would work. So we might have been a little unconventional in when we celebrated, but that way we all, the main thing was getting together and seeing each other. Right. So most of the, adjustment. Yeah, because most of the holidays that are being celebrated in December are seasons or can be multi-day, um, you know, events. So it's much better to just say it's a season and we can celebrate on this day or that day and not be required to show up to four different places on one day. You know, right. like you said, nobody's happy about that. And then you feel resentful. I remember a number of years ago, my youngest daughter woke up on Thanksgiving morning and she had an itchy rash. And after a few minutes of examining her and checking her bed, make sure there wasn't something irritating her in her, in her bed clothes or whatever, uh, I was like, oh, you have the chicken pox. The rest of my family went off to Thanksgiving at my mother-in-law's and my daughter and I stayed home and I had some things in the house, you know, like a stuffing mix, can of cranberry sauce, you know, little things that I made a Thanksgiving for her and for me. And it was the best Thanksgiving I ever had. And I decided that day, uh, you know, I think I'd like to have Thanksgiving with my own family in my own home. So when my husband and other kids came home, I, I floated this idea to my family. What do you think about staying at home? 
next year and having Thanksgiving at our house. And we started doing that. And we, we hang out, we eat food, we play games, and everyone is so much happier. My, were my mother and father-in-law disappointed we didn't come over probably the first year or two, but now it's normal and they don't mind. Mm -hmm. Just you have to make new traditions as your family grows. Mm -hmm. and find ways to like to still do the so you have time to be together but oh my goodness I had chicken pox one Christmas and oh well <laughs> I was I was little but man that was pretty much of a bummer <laughs> couldn't go because not everybody had had them of course nowadays everybody gets together so they can all share them but it does it did make it was a little bit sad that year mm. Speaking of expectations, there are a lot of holiday-related food expectations because we all have these, you know, memories or ideas about the cookies we want to bake or the dishes we want to make, and everybody wants to make everything from scratch. And then sometimes, like, there is just not time to do all of that. And then if you have any dietary restrictions, that's a whole another layer, which I know you're really familiar with, Holly. Oh, that is for sure. So, um, you know, when I was saying about these events at church where there's going to be food involved, um, I have celiac disease, so I can't eat anything with gluten. And I also can't do dairy. And then just to make things fun, I decided to become a vegan. Not one or two, but three layers. Right, three, yeah. And my son has dairy allergies as well. So um, when we go to these different events, um, I usually bring something that I've made that goes along with it or something that I can buy that goes along with it. So for the tamale supper, I'll just bring some vegan tamales that I will have heated up at home and I'll just have them in a, in a thermal bag. So I'll just put mine on my plate, you know, when, when everybody else is eating the ones that are prepared. But yeah, you know, the whole uh, thing about meals, um, you know, there's all of this Pinterest, oh, you know, have this fancy holiday dinner. Oh, you know, have a roast or, and sometimes, number one, you don't have time for that. And number two, it's too expensive. And then the people that are coming for that meal, that might not even be what they are interested in. Uh, for a number of years, my husband would bring home quesadillas from a taco place. And I was like, this is great. You know, quesadillas on Christmas Eve. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and people, my mother-in-law used to make, I don't know, Probably, and I'm not joking, like 20 different varieties of Christmas cookies. And, oh my gosh, yeah, she made so many cookies. She would start baking cookies like in mid-November. And I told my family, I'm making five varieties. Tell me what your varieties are that you like, and we'll pick out, you know, the five that everybody wants. Because, yeah, the, there are so many expectations for holiday food. And, oh, my mother made this, so I would like you to make this. And, oh, my grandmother... And, you know, it's great well, if you want to do that and it brings right. you pleasure. But if it's it right doesn't. In our memories. Yeah. But if it doesn't make you happy and, you know, you're slaving away to do stuff and then somebody doesn't even, like fruitcake is, is a big one. Fruitcake is well, poor fruitcake. <laughs> My husband loves fruitcake. I'm like, if you like fruitcake, buy, buy it at the store and enjoy it. I'm not going to take my time to make a fruitcake. It's not going to happen. His expectation is he'll eat fruitcake and mine is that he'll figure out a way to do that. <laughs> you, know? um, you don't have to do everything every year. Like we do try to make, uh, we have a gingerbread cookie recipe we love. And then we have my great grandmother's sugar cookie recipe that we also love. But we try to do that every year, but we don't always make the cute, you know, Santa cookies and we don't always make a gingerbread house and we we kind of rotate around through some of those extra things but we picked out the two things that were the two and sometimes we don't even get that done so we have learned over the years to go with the flow and be flexible and do what we can but there are some dishes like my mother's pumpkin bread like we really have to have it and there's no such thing as having too much so she'll bring it and one of my kids will make it and we'll make sure somebody makes the pumpkin bread. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, what's the, when you ask your family, what's the thing that you really want? And then focus on that. Instead of focusing mm -hmm. on, you know, 10 kinds of bread, make the one that everybody looks forward to and wants. And like we were right. saying earlier, it's a season. I'm not real familiar with all the practices of Hanukkah. I know there are certain things they, that they do, but it's, it's you know, a multi-day event. 
Um, mm -hmm. For people who are Christians, um, you know, you have the Advent preparing for Christmas, you have Christmas Day, and then um, in certain religions, Christian religions, you have the 12 days of Christmas, which starts on Christmas Day and goes through to January 6th. You got a lot of time to do, right. to make a special cookie. In fact, right after Christmas, that's a great time to make a special cookie because uh, you can get more focus on it. But yeah, expectations, if you try to fulfill everybody's expectations, you're going to fall under the weight of them. And then every, people will be having a great holiday and you won't because you didn't focus on taking care of yourself, just focused on everybody else. Right. So yeah, think about what's important and what matters to your family. Mm -hmm. That's really what it boils down to. Like part of self-care is realizing what's important to you and making a plan so you can provide for those things. We're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor. And when we get back, we'll discuss more ideas for self-care during the holidays. A great way for a homeschooling parent to avoid stress during the holidays is to use Transcript Maker, the online service that allows you to create professional high school transcripts from the comfort of your own home. Christmas is only two weeks away, and for parents, things are only getting busier. Between holiday plans and keeping up with schooling, every little thing that can save you time is well worth it. Transcript Maker really is a time saver. It's easy to use. You can access your transcript anytime and anywhere, and it calculates your GPA for you. And if you have any trouble, they have a helpline to solve whatever your issue, quick as they can. Transcript Maker is also a money saver. Happy Homeschooler podcast listeners can save 20% off the cost of their subscription with the exclusive coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. Transcript Maker is a time saver, it's a money saver, it's a worry saver. It really is. So go to www.transcriptmaker.com today and get rid of that holiday stress. Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. Welcome back to the podcast. In the first half, we talked about all the stresses that we can have during the holiday season. But don't worry, we're not going to leave you hanging. We've got solutions in this half. So, Melody, one of the um, stressors we have when we are homeschooling parents at the holidays is we're wrapping up a semester at this time of the year. Um, so there might be end of the year exams to be given um, if your kid is taking dual enrollment or outside classes. There are things that um, they have to finish up. So how might we want to manage those kinds of stresses? Well, first of all, if you're involved in outside classes, you're on their schedule. So sometimes things that you might be doing at home have to give a little because you've already made these commitments to your outside classes. And they might be having tests or your children might have papers to write and things to finish up projects to turn in. So it's all about prioritizing. And the things that you must do, they get the top, you know, slot of time on your day. And then the other things, you evaluate whether or not you can reduce the number of uh, assignments or the number of lessons that you feel compelled to finish before you take a break. Sure. That makes sense. When my older kids were young, I would take off the whole month of December. I planned the school year. So we keep saying that dirty word, planning. But at the beginning of the school year, I planned to end our studies at the end of November so we could take off December. Now, that didn't mean that we didn't do anything educational because, I mean, it's a learning lifestyle when you're homeschooling. But we did things like we made crafts and we did baking. So the kids had opportunities to measure, to plan, you know, if they were going to make 12 ornaments, what would we need for those? I had them sometimes address the Christmas card envelopes or um, do some other activities. So we had activities to do and they had opportunities to use the things they had been learning, you know, reading, writing. Uh, mm -hmm. They would read, we'd read stories, Christmas stories, had a big basket full of Christmas books. And we would go and um, participate in all kinds of things, go to see a singing Christmas tree, go to the Trail of Lights, um, be in the Christmas play at church. But that way, we didn't have the pressure of, oh, got to get the math lesson in and do your penmanship and, and all these things. We were doing it in very uh, gentle ways and more enjoyable ways. And we got Christmas Day prepared. Now I don't do that as much with my son that I'm homeschooling and only child because I'm my day isn't taken up as much with teaching 
now that I'm not doing it with five kids. But you see, I still do sit down at the beginning of the school year and I plan for our break. So I know when I'm going to take my Christmas break and when we're going to come back from our, our break. And planning really helps you to reduce your stress. Oh, it's like a gift to yourself. If you plan out what you're going to do, then you can spread out the activities and the preparation over a longer period of time, and then you don't feel so rushed to get everything done. But we often did the same thing and just applied our learning to uh, Christmas topics or Thanksgiving topics or whatever we were doing. And so that way was it was a way learning was still happening, but we were not necessarily trying to cram in. We weren't adding something in on top of what we were already doing. We were just swapping out some subjects. Basically, it's like a Christmas unit study. <laughs> exactly. And we actually did that one year. We did a big unit study on Christmas. And then the history of it and all the Christmas around the world. And we didn't do that every year, but every now and then, because I had younger ones, and when they got older, we would do another Christmas unit study. But we often kept we kept our routine going because that kind of routine in the day made it work better. People knew what was going to happen. And sometimes we would keep math going, but then sometimes we would just do some fun Christmas math type games that I found or we would do math and get that felt like everybody felt like they had done school and then move on to other things for language or or history or it kind of depended on where everybody was at the time. But I didn't add stress by trying to pile on more things to our art. We were already busy. So right. I had on more things unless they were going to be productive in some way or useful or, you know, enjoyable. We also made use of, you know, the time in the evening. And, of course, we always had a story time. But, of course, then we were reading about Christmas stories or we were watching Christmas movies. Or in the afternoon, part of the playtime might be baking cookies because that's awfully fun. Mm -hmm. And um, everybody gets to enjoy the fruits of that labor. And we just found ways to work Christmas in and around all of the things we were already doing. But we also did take time to focus on the reason for the season and the history and all of the things behind it, because there were extra church services that we wanted to go to. And we lived kind of far away at that time. So it meant starting to get people ready about 4.30 or 5, because then we had to travel and something had to give somewhere. And I knew they needed their outside playtime. So I wasn't about to take that away. And so it meant some of the other more mundane school things got put on pause and then we picked them back up again after the holidays. Mm -hmm. That makes nobody sense. lost any learning and nobody forgot anything. They just, you know, just keep going once you get started again. Yeah, and whether you are a religious family or not, there are so many activities in the holiday season that you we have to every night. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well this weekend here there's a big festival um that we're not going to go to because I already had some things on my schedule for myself. So um, I had, um, I'm going to a friend's house and we're going to make candy. She has invited a number of ladies and we're all going to get together and make candy, but it's just oh, a ladies night. And I can't fun. tell you how much I'm looking forward to it. And so that, that's another kind of way to give yourself some, something for yourself is do something that just is for you. But you know, when I come home and I'm going to be bringing home candy, they're going to be glad I went. <laughs> You yes, know. they are. Yeah, but you you yeah. have to, like you said, um, you have to reduce your activities. You know, if you if you add in something, you're going to have to remove something because we only have 24 hours in the day, and hopefully you get at least seven of them sleeping. You know, so you don't have that much time. Yeah. Another thing that's smart to do, and it's hard for um, some of us, is to delegate. So giving your kids the opportunity to do something you normally would do and then looking the other way when maybe it's not quite exactly how you want. You know, gift wrapping is one. Kids like to wrap gifts. And if you start teaching them how to wrap gifts, the results may be a little wrinkly or you might use a lot more tape than you're hoping to use. So much tape. <laughs> but when they grow up, they will have a skill. and. Mm -hmm. It will take a load off of you or, you know, you can just give them gift bags and tissue, <laughs> something, That's but true. it could be part of that. I'm going to try to involve my son this year in some of that because um, he's excited about what the gifts are arriving, you know, daily. Something's coming in the mail or Amazon's delivering something and he's excited about what people are getting. 
Um, so I think he'll be, he's at a good age where he'll probably be happy to help, you know, wrap the gifts and put the labels on them. And um, it'll help me too, because when he gets really good at that, I can just give it to him to do on his own at some point. Oh, that's right. I, that was always a happy day. And how else are you going to learn if you don't try it and mm-hmm. practice on, on wrapping gifts? And, you know, some people don't care if corners are straight and sharp. I was kind of a perfectionist that way. But my kids learned how to do it. And, and then they got really creative and they had the time and had some beautifully wrapped presents under the tree. So that was always a lot of fun. And then sometimes I would number those boxes. So they didn't know whose present they were wrapping. They have a temporary tag on theirs with a number. And then um, that was the fun of Christmas morning to find out whose presents they had been writing to go in and add the tags while they were asleep. Oh, well, you know what I do? Um, Each person gets assigned a wrapping paper. So each year I'll pick out a wrapping paper, uh, say like um, a red and green and, and white and black plaid for my son, Kyle. And all of his gifts will be wrapped in that paper. And so the fun idea. it's so much fun. And so my kids will still, because I don't put tags on them until the night before, um, like once I put them under the tree, but they'll, they will still say, oh, I, I like that paper. I hope my gifts are in that paper. And oh, said, they don't well, know which one is there. No, they don't know. They don't know who's in Oh, I see. That's Because awesome. only I know who the paper is for each person. And then the gifts are under the tree. They'll have bows on them. And I'll put a tag or two here and there right on Christmas Eve. But nobody mm-hmm. knows who the gifts are. And they all wonder, who who's getting that paper? I really like that paper. <laughs> That's such a fun, fun idea. I love that idea. Another thing that we did to reduce stress was we established a number of gifts that each child would get. Mm-hmm. And um, that way we didn't keep getting one more this and one more that. And we could plan out the budget and collect things as time went on throughout the months. That made it easy. That didn't mean that they weren't going to get all kinds of things because we have a lot of family members and friends and everybody's always given everybody stuff. And then they would have, you know, draw names for parties and things like that. But we were really focused more on things that made sense for them and things that they really wanted. And we had a dollar amount in mind, but really paid more attention to how much they wanted something, which meant that for one child, something that might seem fairly inexpensive mattered so much to them. It was equal in their eyes to something that might cost quite a bit more for an older sibling. And everybody was happy. And we learned that it didn't really, it wasn't the dollar amount. It was the thought and the Mm -hmm. desire they had. And so that was one, another way that we reduce stress. Cause I've had people say to me, I do not know how you can afford Christmas with seven children. And I was like, Oh, it's cause we find, we simplify things and we're a little bit minimalist. And so it's like, we went more for things to do and uh, things that they tools that they wanted and uh, materials they needed for things that they wanted to do. And it was fun. It was kind of like that whole game where we like to go and shop below retail, we like mm-hmm. to go and find out they really want what matters to them and if the most important thing in this world to this child this year is a set of prismacolor pencils we will make sure they get that (laughs) so you know somebody else might want this giant lego set but it was just it meant paying attention and being mindful in our choices and having a plan because then that way we could budget it and make it happen because it it is of stress for a lot of people trying to figure out how to afford what they want to do. And so again, it comes back to just reevaluate what's really important and uh, find ways to make it personal like that for your family. Another thing you talked about, you know, reducing things, if you're going to bring something else in with your time, we kind of did that with toys too. go through and look for things to donate to the different programs at this time of the year so that we could make room for the new things that were coming in and then also give to those charities. Yeah. I call that having an equal mass policy. Mm-hmm. So if you bring something in, something has to go out. And we typically um, right before Thanksgiving will say, okay, let's go through the drawers. What clothes don't fit you? What do we need? Put some things on a list that people might want to purchase for the kids as gifts Um, Let's get these toys out of here, um, stuff you don't want to play with anymore. Or we might box some things up that I still want to keep for if little children come around or if there are any grandchildren that make an appearance. There are some things that are pretty special. And I'm like, okay, let's box it up and take it out of your room. 
it'll go in mom's, you know, treasures, but yeah, um, getting things cleared out. Um, so you can get ready for the holidays and the things that are coming in. That's, that will help reduce your stress. One of the things also is to, you know, decide when you're going to take your break. And so you can write that on the calendar and everyone can know, you know, when they're like grumbling, oh, how much longer do I have to do math? Here's the day we're done and we're going to take our break and then we'll go back to school January, whatever the date that you've decided. But letting your family know when those breaks are coming helps them to have anticipation and gives them the uh, strength to, you know, stick through and get some stuff done. Whereas, you know, they're just, if they don't know, they're kind of daydreaming or they're, they're frustrated. Oh my gosh, I'm never going to get a break. But, you know, <laughs> letting them know, uh, it helps everyone to know when that's going to happen. And of course that goes into, we keep banging this drum, advanced planning. And, yeah, you know, right. advanced planning is a gift to yourself because when you're right. in the middle of holiday stress, it's hard to start picking up on making these decisions. Oh, you know, how much time will we have to do this? And well, if you have a plan, you'll know, you'll already know. Oh, that's right. And then you can spread out your purchases and spread out your uh, extra advance, any prep work you need to do, to do. And I know at one point in time, I subscribed to Fly Lady's emails and she would start a holiday cruise mission. So the goal was to be completely ready by December 1st. And some of the things that she was saying, and this included Thanksgiving preparation also, like go ahead and start buying an extra roll of foil or extra clean wrap or extra paper goods and Ziploc bags or extra flour or sugar or pumpkin so that the store didn't run out of things. And you had a back pile of uh, stockpile of the things that you might need for your holiday gatherings and preparations. And there were a few years, I mean, it just became a habit. Uh, My mother does things like that. And so it's so nice to already have all the things you need on hand to prepare your meal. And you're not in the store on Wednesday before Thanksgiving trying to buy something that they're they run out, you know, days before then. Or and even you can't, you can't have a turkey in that if you if you wait till you can't. It's that's, um, that's a great idea. And then she has a lot of ideas um, on her website. There's, I guess, it's a holiday cruising mission. I think that's what she calls it. It's probably still there. But that was helpful for me as a mother of young children. So many things to do to remember to just add a add a little extra in every grocery visit so that it's not one big giant expense comes out as we go and watching the sales and watching the things for the things that the children want to know, want to put on their list. Oh, that was the other thing. The children made a list and then they could buy things for each other from the list. Yeah, that's a good plan. And, and if they can't buy things for each other, because Let's be truthful. Most of the money our kids get up to a certain age comes from us. You can teach them to do kind things to for each other. Like they can make a coupon where it's a little booklet where it's good for uh, I'll make your bed two days or, you know, whatever thing that one child would appreciate having some other child do for them. You know, get them involved in being creative. So we're talking about all these planning and preparations and um, getting stuff ahead of time, which are, are great. Like it's hard to buy all the holiday foods when you're also trying to buy gifts. Your, your budget only goes so far. But in the middle of all of that, um, we still might feel some stress piling up. So how do we make time for ourselves so we can reduce and release some of that stress? One of the things that I've learned to do is to just stop. Just stop and reflect on the things that are going well and the things that are working well and give myself a moment to regroup and look at, you know, what's left to do in the time that we have and see what I can eliminate. Do you do something similar or do you have a different approach? I also will look at what's going on. What if, uh, you know, I have a list. Sometimes it's written out. Sometimes it's just a mental list. I'll kind of go over it. And um, I always tell my husband, I feel like I'm jumping hurdles. Um, For some reason, we have three kids with birthdays from Thanksgiving to Christmas. And my mother-in-law has a birthday. So not only are we preparing (laughs) for Christmas gifts, we also have birthday 
gifts. We have something like birthday related every week starting at Thanksgiving. Uh, this year, my oldest daughter's birthday was the day before Thanksgiving. So we celebrated it on Thanksgiving. And then um, my oldest son is mid-December. My mother-in-law is a few days after. And my middle son's birthday is two days before Christmas. So we're doing something every week. And it can get very stressful. So I'll just sit down and think, okay, where are we? What's still left to do? Um, like with it, when it's with has to do with cookies, sometimes I'll say, you know, I'm not going to have time to do those cookies before Christmas. I'm going to do some baking the day after Christmas. Typically, I don't want to go anywhere. And so I'll reevaluate. I will see if someone can take something off my hands. Uh, maybe I need something picked up at the grocery store. I actually, what I did uh, on December 1st is I paid for a Walmart Plus subscription for the month of December so that I can order groceries to be delivered if I'm getting stressed out. Oh, that's so a that, good way to delegate. Yeah, it was a gift to myself. Hey, I think it's got to be the best $12.95 I will have spent, uh, plus the tip <laughs> for them to bring my groceries. But I think that, you know, those kind of things, maybe you have, maybe your partner can go run to the store for you, or maybe you can place an order and then do curbside pickup. And you can do that, like you can do that for toys and things, whatever you're buying, you can do that at a lot of different stores. Um, so you don't have to be in the store. You can sit home, have a cup of coffee, a hot chocolate, whatever, make your order, pick out your things pay for it online and then show up at a, at a determined time and they just put it in your trunk. You know, if you're, if you're feeling really stressed out uh, because despite your best efforts, you know, you, you feel the stress that's going to come. Maybe go take a walk. Hey family, I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going to take 15 minutes to go take a walk. Just get outside. So I think getting outside really helps me to reset. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Oh, I just go outside. Yeah. Perspective. So go to um, and just explore how you're feeling and check on each other. That's always a, it's mm -hmm. helpful and we forget to do it. And I know sometimes we'd rather text. Texting is fine too, but sometimes, you know, just real quick chatting with someone to say, Hey, you know, I'm feeling like this and, and let someone encourage you can go a long way towards lifting that, that stress or the pressure that you feel. Well, I think I'll be talking to you about this time next week then. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, yeah, that is really good advice. Um, because your friends can offer you, they know you, they can offer you perspective. They can hopefully speak to you and say, you do this every year. So let, why don't you try to do something different and give yourself a break? You know, it's okay if you, if you buy some junk food for dinner, you know, if you're feeling really stressed out, it's okay. Just give yourself a break. You know, you're, nobody's going to be ruined by one McDonald's meal. If it's every night, then we might have to have a conversation. But, you know, if, if you're too stressed out and you feel like, oh, my gosh, I just can't make dinner tonight, then get, get something takeout and mm -hmm. sit on the floor and watch a Christmas movie with the kids and just let some of that stress go. I'm planning to read some I'm planning to read a book this holiday season because I I've been reading a lot of books with my son. We read a ton of books with Ambleside Online, and we were reading um, Howard Pyle's King Arthur book, and the uh, assignment for oh, him. That's was, a good one. It's so good. Well, we're just about to finish up the King Arthur portion. He's he's getting married, and uh, he's got the round table, and that's all that's in the curriculum for my son, because the rest of that book is really too mature for um, a 10-year-old, but I'm... Mm -hmm. I'm going to read it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to, this is a gift to myself. I'm going to sit down and read some of this book every night because it's, I like the way Howard Pyle writes and I've really been enjoying the story. So that's my gift to myself this holiday season. I'm going to read that book. So something, if you oh, like it, make time, even if it's five or 10 minutes here and there. Well, I love that you said that. I've discovered a friend of mine is an author and has um, uh, a short story, some short stories in a book, Hill Country. Christmas and um, she posted about it and I looked into it and I was like oh I am going to read that and I found out that it was available digitally like one day at a discount and I, actually I think when I first looked at it it wasn't available but I decided that that was going to be a gift to myself that I was going to 
get that book and read it. And if I don't read it before Christmas, I'll read it after. It'll be fine because she's a lovely writer. And, uh, you know, it was fun to be able to support my friend, but also read all these great stories. It's about Christmas in central Texas, like back from the 1800s. Oh, very cool. I was super excited. I didn't even realize she was still writing and publishing. So find something to do. Basically, find something to do that's a treat for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because as moms, we are always pouring out of our reserves for everyone else. But if we don't find some way to nourish our own reserves, like you said earlier, we kind of run dry and then we're getting all stressed out and unhappy. So mm-hmm. here at the end of our podcast, we like to answer a big question that we've been seeing on our homeschooling groups. Melody, what's our question today? Well, today's big question is from an anonymous poster who says, my six-year-old will be with it and on it one day, and then the next she acts as though I am speaking a foreign language and has zero cares and puts zero effort into her work. I get frustrated, mainly because it is happening a lot lately. Please send tips or tricks and advice on how to help the both of us. That one could be several issues. Um, I'm thinking it's a six-year-old, and six-year-olds have short attention spans, and sometimes six-year-olds aren't really ready for schoolwork. That's true. That's absolutely true. And it can also be like uh, just they need a pause to catch up to all their learning. There might be some leap forward in brain development happening. And there's always kind of a pause or a lull before that happens where mm-hmm. we're like space cadets. And so sometimes you just have to switch up some aspect of the work to make it more interesting, like maybe bring in manipulatives or play a game or what I often see at this time of the year is everybody is needing that break mm-hmm. and hit hard and fast and steady since September or August. And you're just ready for a break. And at age six, there are so many other ways that you can live your learning lifestyle. They're still learning, but they might not be writing pencil on paper. And it, this is a good time to just kind of exchange some of those activities for some games, learning games or other activities or a field trip to make something more interesting again. But sometimes we just expect a lot of our six-year-olds and they're still pretty young. Mm -hmm, That's true. Um, Yeah, I've had a lot of moms ask me, uh, particularly about math with their young children. They'll say, well, they don't want to write it down. Um, And I say, it's okay if they don't. Um, You can use all those math problems as like you said, use manipulative. So you can ask them, if you have two teddy bears and two dolls, um, how many toys do you have? The problem on the paper was two plus two equals. And if they tell you it equals four, you can write that down and move on. Also, I think that sometimes uh, we're going on too long with school, Mm -hmm. uh, where for a six-year-old, it should be a relatively small amount of time that you're actually having any kind of sit-down work that you require from your child and you should give them some breaks if they have to do their pencil practice you know their little penmanship then following that up with another thing where they have to have a pencil that could be part of the problem um that's true that just could be some fatigue mm-hmm. yeah normally i would give my my little kids a break in the morning so if we started school at nine uh, and I would read to them and then we would do some things. We'd take a break at 10 and I'd give them a little snack and that helped to revive them. And while they had a little snack, I'd have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and we'd both get back to what we had to do refreshed. Mm-hmm. So and maybe a break or even a physical break, run outside mm-hmm. for a bit. or even take your school outside. If it's not, if it's nice weather, we still have nice days here. Just change the location or maybe the order of the things that you do, but your snack idea is a good one and a a little recess, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Another good way to switch it up while keeping those lessons short. Right. And then you might try to see if the times when the child isn't really giving any effort to it, is it a subject that's very frustrating? Um, You know, when they're learning to read, sometimes it, I remember my, my son now, he said, oh, I'm never going to learn to read. It's just too hard. So because he thought it was so hard, he didn't want to do it. And so now we're on the other side of it where he can read pretty much anything he wants to read. He's just not a sit down person. So I have to make him do it. But he thought at one time he would just never learn to do it because it was too hard. So when your child is acting like they don't care 
and they're acting like they've never seen it before, it could be some developmental issue where maybe, you know, you're asking them to do something they can't quite do it yet. And they've got, you've got time. Six-year-olds have a lot of time before they're going to graduate from high school and go on to whatever they do. So it's not sometimes, you know, doing a little bit less, but still being consistent will give you better rewards than trying to do so much every day. I think so too. And and you kind of have to stop and evaluate if it's some aspect of the work that's causing the problem, or are we just dealing with a bad attitude or a tired child? And it's, uh, there's always so many moving parts to figure mm-hmm. out what, what's going on, what's at the root of it. And once you figure out what is going on and, and that could be it, maybe sh- there's so many things here, this child might be feeling discouraged. So those are little things to check. But you don't have to throw in the towel. You just kind of pause and regroup and come back, start again the next day. And also certain parts of the country, like here where we live, there's an allergy season that's just started. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So if you if your children or you have allergies and there's a new allergy season, it may take a little bit of time for their systems to get adjusted to the new allergens that are in the air. We've had a time change. Uh, we all know that a lot of times kids and pets don't take really well to time change. There there can be so many different things. One of the things I will say is to uh, to try to keep things lighthearted and fun. And you can get over a lot of obstacles that way. Also, make sure that your child maybe has had their vision checked and their hearing checked, because um, oftentimes um, those are factors in when a child doesn't want to do their work. Um, and with vision, you know, some some days you can squint and see everything really, you can get through it. And the next day you just can't. So mm-hmm. it, it would be good to have those things checked to see if those are factors you're dealing with. That's right. And I would add to that food allergies. We're also in, we call it sugar season where we're all eating all the mm-hmm. sweets from, you know, October, November, December. So you might also look at if there's something else going on, like is there a food allergy or are we just eating too many snacks and too many fast foods or too much candy? And there's so many factors, like you were saying, check on all of those little aspects and then maybe just pause or slow down a little bit. Before we go today, we want to leave you with a few reminders. Don't forget to go to www.transcriptmaker.com and use the code HAPPY for 20% off the cost of your subscription. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. If you'd like to reach us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Happy Homeschool Pod. You can reach us through email at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com. Next time, we'll be discussing how to troubleshoot your high school. Thank you for listening today. I'm Holly. I'm Melody. Happy Happy homeschooling. homeschooling! Hi, this is your host, Holly Williams-Zerbach. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a Transcript Maker production. My co-hosts are Melody Gillum and Jennifer Jones. This podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway, and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, tell people about us. Whether or not you can reduce those, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Well, I just lost my thought. Somebody tell me what I'm trying to say. Reduce those, um, you can eliminate some of them, maybe reduce or eliminate them. Well, I was trying to say, oh, I forgot. I was trying to say, I feel so dumb. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nora, that's an outtake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh.